Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. All right, we're back for an all-new show, and I'm glad that Blue and Damage is here because um, I don't want y'all to think that this is going to be a rotating chair. You know, podcasters are out here firing their co-hosts on National Webavision. <laughs> that video was wild. That Listen, that video of Joe Budden. Wait, wait, hold on, Blue. First of all, before we get into all of it, let me just say that I am still overrunning Bigo. My crown is somewhere here in the house. I am the king of Bigo, blue and damaged. I have not seen you in these Bigo streets. I have to tell everybody in the audience, I only see blue and damaged in these boxes. Now, on Bigo, there are other boxes where other people could come and interact, and our fans who have actually signed up and are asking me, where is damaged? Where is damaged? Because the ovaries are waiting for you on Bigo damage. They want you badly. Show I'm, up. I'm going to make my comeback. I'm going to make my comeback. Jason, I got a lot of stuff going. Look, when this school year ends, my life frees up. Y'all don't know what it's like. My son is doing any and every way to finesse me out of doing this homework, and it takes away all my free time. I'm coming to Beagle, y'all. I promise. Okay, listen, I you promise. You're make, wait, but you said you're making your return. That's almost like Farrah Franklin saying she's returning to Destiny's Child. She was never in the group officially. You've not really. I was been on Beagle. How there, many times? You, I was there five times. When I first started, Jason said he was going to be a part of my first joint. He wasn't there. All right, well, either way, da damage five times. I've been on five times today. So when you say five times, <laughs> five times in 60 days is not a lot, damage. But either way, yeah. I need to coming back. There. All right, well, shit, Blue, what you been up to? I have been doing a lot of writing. Jason, you know how writing can be a very solitary thing. So I've been locked in the house. I have myself on a writing diet where I have to write a certain number of pages every single day. So that is slowly but surely coming together. When I have something more that I can share with you about what I'm working on, I can't wait to tell you what it is, but it's exciting. Mm, a writing diet. I need to go yeah, on a I, diet. A, a writing diet is really important because sometimes you're right. Jason, you know this, when you're working on a book, sometimes you have a full day thinking about it and then you'll go like a month not thinking about it. So when Nicki Minaj mentioned that she had writer's block in her live a couple of days ago, I completely understood that. So I've been locked in my house writing for the past like week or two. Well, it's been Nicki, fun. Minaj's, Nicki Minaj's writing block is a little different. It was called Cardi B. But look, let, we'll get to that later because we're going to actually talk about uh, Nicki Minaj and her live later. Look, I have been working on my next book as well and dating my ass off. Um, I'm also, um, you know- <laughs> Dating your ass off, people. Jason? Yes, I'm also on Bigo as the king of Bigo. I'm not playing on Bigo. When I tell you I'm the king of Bigo, I'm in these streets with my crown. And I have a throne downstairs too, by the way. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm just out here in these streets. I will say I do have to give a very uh, shocking update on my relationship with Chris Brown. Oh, wait, what happened? What? Okay, everybody that's been following this show knows that me and Chris used to be friends back in the day and we fell out because he doesn't like my job. Well, I don't like some of your songs, Chris, okay? And I don't like some of the things that you've done to some of the women that you've been with. But I forgave you, just like I thought he would have forgiven me. But anyway, Chris didn't really like my job. And so I've not been going around Chris. I don't have his number. He blocked us on Instagram. I never can see what he's doing. I know he had a beautiful baby boy and his daughter is so gorgeous. And he seems to be really healthy and happy lately. But the other night I went to um, a birthday party here in LA and I, I linked up with Tayana Taylor and a few other people. And, and, and there were all these different people in the room. Terrence J was there and D Ray Davis, uh, OT Genesis was there. 
And then I had said to my security, don't worry, tonight's going to be cool. There's only a few people that don't like me. There's Nelly, there's T.I. and Chris Brown, but there ain't anybody oh. coming out tonight. Well, Chris Brown came out and uh, he extended his hand and shook my hand and we talked and I walked over to his area. We had a conversation and uh, yeah, I, I guess we kind of pieced it up. I mean, he still has me blocked and we're not we're not <laughs> friends, but at least it was a step to repairing the relationship. So shout out to Chris Brown. Uh, thank you for being so nice. You looked very happy. He was very, oh, Cash Doll, she was there. A lot of people were there, but um, she looked really happy. And I mean, she... Talking about Taylor. You see, Chris Brown looked really happy, and I want to say to Chris, genuinely, it was good to see you. It was good to see Hood. It was good to see uh, Keese and all the other people there that I haven't seen and talked to a long time. His cousin Keese, who's been with him forever, I met him when he was 19 years old. Me and Keese caught up. He's 31 years old. This is how long I have not been around Chris since maybe like seven years or something. So it was good to see Jason. I'm glad that it was uh, it was well received. I have a question, just a quick question. Did you notice that the resemblance is the same in person? Because now that you're starting to look like Chris Brown, I just wonder if it was like two Spider-Men pointing at each other when you guys saw each other at the party. Like, no, wait a minute. No, and you know, he didn't compliment me on how good I looked either, which I was a little offended because it's been so long. Because you stole his face. Like, of course he's not going to compliment you. They keep saying I look like him and Drake. I look like me. And if anything, I'm older than both of them, so both of them niggas are starting to look like me. Now, once my bank account starts to look like them, I'll become a little bit more disrespectful. But it was good to see him. And it was so good to see Tayana too. She looks so great. And um, shout out to everybody that was there, man. It's interesting being out now at parties because I will say LA is partying very differently than Atlanta and Miami because the sections mm-hmm. are still very much spread out. So I wasted a lot of money hanging out at a table by myself with my friends, socially distancing, but dancing with all the other people. I'm over <laughs> it. I'm not going out anymore in LA. <laughs> Well, they, I, I think in June, with June 15th, we back open, like fully, yep. for real now, not just pretend open, so we back. That's what they say. I'm about to be reckless, hey. y'all. I'm about to be reckless all summer. I'm I'll not, still be here to taste, though. I'm not, but last night was the first time that I had a dream about being vaccinated. Hmm. Oh, I welcome to the dark side. No, I haven't been vaccinated. Dam- Damage, you're still not vaccinated, right? Not yet. And Just Blue, me. you're vaccinated? Mm-hmm. See, Double my trouble. thing is, if, if if I get vaccinated, they say you get like a limp arm. If I get a limp arm, bitch, I'm going to be out here calling 911 thinking I'm having a whole ass stroke. I can't handle that. Like, I got in a fight on the boat the other it's day and hurt my leg. Bitchy. And now my leg, now I thought I was having a, 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 um, a blood clot. So I had to have an emergency massage to get circulation in my left leg because I thought I was going to um, lose it. Did an emergency massage? An emergency massage? Who gave you an emergency I had, massage, Jason? I my Did you lose the fight? I, uh, well, okay, let's start with the massage. I called my massage right. therapist to come over on a Sunday to, to massage and circulate my leg because I had strained it when I was on the boat fighting with Noah. Now, this is what happened. I rented a yacht this past weekend here in LA. Amber Rose, a couple of us went on this yacht. We had food, we had drinks, whatever. And we, we, we had a little too much to drink. And Noah grabbed my Louis Vuitton glasses that I had just took out the box that day and broke them and threw them in the water. So I snatched his glasses off and I threw them in the water. And then he pushed me. So I put him in a headlock and then he punched me in the stomach. So I bit him and then he punched me in the face. So I punched him in the ear. And we were play, it was play fighting because we're still friends. Plus he's in my agency on Bego. But still, bitch, don't put your hands on me. And they be thinking because we gay, we ain't going, we will whoop your ass out here. And so Amber was just sitting there, you know, when I had my legs around him and I was choking him out. And by the way, we're just on the water going by the dolphins and I'm choking him out. I had to explain to her, we love each other. You threw Louie in the water? No. How rich are you, Jason Lee? Oh my God. He threw Louie in the water. I, I threw Ray-Ban in the water. Okay, I'm not throwing no Louie in the water. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ray-Ban can go for a little swim. I don't know how Louie got up in there, but... You know, yeah, y'all rich, rich. That's fine. He snatched them Louis Vuitton glasses off my face like they were... Like, I bought them at a gumball machine. I could have beat his ass. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. it was fun. He's bruised up and scratched. Um, I had a bruise right here that I had to have photoshopped out of my photo because I went to dinner later that night. And I had to, and I took photos, and it was this big ass bruise. I looked like Tina Turner. I was like, nah, I ain't going out like that. 
All right, good. Well, listen, I've always said that me, Charlemagne, and Joe are like the three that are doing it in the culture. I know there's other guys out there doing it. No shade to uh, Flex or Ebro, but there's three of us that shake it up on a regular basis. And one of them has had a lot of issues. You know, right here on this show, we interviewed Tahiri Jose. And remember, she said what she said, what she said about what he didn't want us to say right here on our show on his birthday. This is what she said. I, 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 you know, that relationship left me with a fractured rib, uh, a broken nose because somebody was sending him a message. And, and I used to always say, yo, stop beefing out there. Oh, I'm out there still working. Um, and he hit me on that nose and then pushed me down a flight of stairs. I remember having to talk him out of letting me go that day. I remember having a plan to leave because the reason why he was so upset was because I was already leaving. <sighs> yeah, I remember that day. Yeah. On his birthday, though. On his birthday. And, and after we dropped that, he went to his show and told me, nigga, lose my number. And I did. And then he unfollowed me and I unfollowed him because that's what girls do when they fight on Instagram. But either way, I don't hate Joe Budden. None of us here hate him. In fact, we actually love and respect his podcast. But the podcast is having a lot of issues. So those of you who've been watching it, Rory and Mal, his co-host, they left the show. And now there's new claims uh, by this uh, DJ, Olivia Dope, that there was sexual harassment. And so uh, I'm not going to get, I can't play the video of Joe actually firing his co-host on the air or their responses and in interviews to the firing of them in, on the show. Mind you, they were fired on the show, but they weren't there. He fired empty chairs. How do you fire an empty chair? That is savage. That is savage. Wow. Well, some would say that it's savage, but the thing is, is that Joe... And his co-host. And I know a lot of you are watching saying, well, Jason, you know, you you have blue and damage. They didn't necessarily start with you. <laughs> Let me just say this. I am putting my past in my new book, How I Stopped Giving a Fuck and Started Winning. So you will understand for me why decisions have been made and changes on this show. But the one thing that I will say that came out of watching Joe's burnout on his podcast is that those people didn't have, they couldn't have had a real relationship because I don't know that even with the past changes on this show, Blue and Damage, that me and my co-hosts would have burnt each other down on the internet like that. I just don't understand how they got there, but the fire end of empty chairs was a lot for me. And some would say that's the narcissism of Joe Budden. Ooh. I saw the video of the response, right? Because the empty chair video was so inflammatory. And the response I heard from, I don't know if it was Mal, the, the brown one. Is that Mal? Mal. Did I yeah, get that? Yeah, Mal. 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 Well, he, he was saying that he was supposed to get a percentage of what they make. But how do you know your percentage if you don't know what you make first? So he said it was basically, you cannot tell me I have a contract where I get 30% of something, but you don't tell me what the actual pie is. So how do I know my percentage? So he's claiming that Joe had a lack of transparency. And then Joe's response was, yup, thank you for your services. <laughs> like he didn't even deny it. So they're all admitting that Joe didn't want to show the numbers. And to me, that's a little bit shady. You don't do that to your friends or even your coworkers. Yeah. Jason Lee would never do that to us. I know how much I'm getting paid, y'all. Don't worry about me. But and that's that's the difference between our situation and theirs because if you got a he said it's a percentage based income and I hate to be digging in these people's personal lives but it's on the internet and I seen it and Joe said okay yeah it's it's based on a percentage on what Joe Buttons makes on a podcast so there's a gray area there in the contract therefore uh. Jason you own Hollywood Unlocked if you got from a big brand a million dollars and you said I'm taking half of that and I'm putting it to the podcast. I would mm -hmm. get a percentage off what you allocated for the podcast. So that's the great area with all of this. It's like you really don't know what Joe decided to allocate for the podcast. So it's but he's not giving the them any numbers, though. Like, exactly. don't you need some kind of numbers? Like, show, I, throw me something. Tell me 100K, 200K, something. Well, well, I don't know what their contracts say. And this is what I would say to anybody getting in business. I do have courses coming out. I was inspired by DJ Damage. I went and found the people to help me build the courses. Because the one thing I feel like people miss in business, whether it's music business, uh, the entertainment business, media business, is the business part, right? Get your contracts mm -hmm. together. Before Blue and Damage started the show, not before Damage. Damage just was ride or die from the beginning. He just jumped in and helped out, and then we figured out. But we we have agreements. And I will tell you, you know, in the podcast, in this podcast, I'm not going to get into all our business here, but if we were to bring in a, a, a check for this podcast where the three of us sit, 
we share in that respectfully to our contract. We have transparency in our reporting. We make sure, I make sure with my team that there is a thorough accounting every single penny that comes in as it relates to the deals that we have in place. So there's never a question. You know, I think that sometimes when people start podcasts and there is no money and you're building it from the beginning, you know, some people later feel like some of that sweat equity should be worth more than what they agreed to. But when you sign off on whatever your deal is, it is what it is. But I will tell you, when they got the Patreon deal, let's back up. When Joe was first at Complex with uh, with uh, academics and that whole thing fell apart, he felt like he was worth more money, probably worth more money than them. And I don't know. And then he left. Then he went and he did this thing with Rory and Mal. And the podcast has become one of the biggest podcasts in the culture. They went over Absolutely. and did a deal with Spotify. And then Joe felt like he wasn't given enough money then. And we didn't hear from the guys then. So I don't know, maybe they were cut in or not. Maybe he wanted more money than them then. I don't know. But then when they did that Patreon deal, I was like, this is where it's going to get tricky because this is a subscription-based platform where you're going to get, you know, $5, 10 $15, $99 a listener. You have tons of fucking listeners. It's going to be a lot of money. And typically when a lot more money comes in, things get a little funny. And so I... I'm not going to say I saw this coming because I did think that Rory and Mal were ride or dies for Joe. And I love Joe Budden as a podcaster. But I have to tell you, after the way he handled the, the show that we did with Tahiri, I always felt like he was going to get in his own way. And I think right now, based on how he treated them, because I don't see them coming back, he got in his own mm -hmm. way. Mm. I do is it over, guys? Is it over? Do you think the podcast is it over for them? I, it seems over. It does. Seem, I don't think the podcast is over, but them being a, a unit together does seem over. But Jason, I want to ask you because we are, you know, I, I haven't been on Hollywood Unlocked the podcast since the beginning. Was there ever a time where you felt like somebody you worked with felt like they deserved more than what they deserved? Because I feel like that's Joe's standpoint where they're like, oh, we built this with you. And his mind is like, no, y'all didn't. Have you ever been there as a person that owns Hollywood Unlocked? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. And like I said, it's gonna go and it's gonna be very detailed in my in my next book. Because as I was talking through as I was talking through this chapter of the book and really working with the publisher to put this together, because I always want to make sure that in everything I do, that I'm respecting the people that have helped me build my brand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, the people that were here before both of you helped me build the show. But at some point, you know, you, you know, people have to acknowledge and give me my flowers in the fact that I have built Hollywood Unlocked beyond this podcast. This podcast is one part of the brand. There are multiple parts of the brand. There's the Instagram, the Facebook. You know, we have, uh, you know, gagging with Jason Lee now. We've had a robust social media digital platform, you know, and this show um, has grown and has gone through many changes. But the one thing that I will say is that our audience has stuck with us and continue to grow and expand and the extensions of this brand have continued to grow after other people. I think what happens is, is that people, and I'm not shading anybody when I say this, but you know, there's a lot of people out here with entitlement and I get it and I get it. Maybe in your mind, you do believe you're entitled to more than you got. But if you felt that way now, you should have thought through that way then because you can't wait until you build the skyscraper and get to the penthouse and say i should own some of this you know like you just realized the value i realized the value of hollywood unlocked i realized the value of the show i realized the value of everything i've ever done from the very beginning because i believed in myself the joe budden podcast would and could and still should go on without those two other guys because ultimately it is the joe budden podcast we tune in to hear what joe Button has to say. Now, I will tell you where Joe Button is fucking up. And Joe, this is where I personally think that you've, you've, you've gone astray, is your narcissism has met its match with the internet. And you are online trying to change the public's per, uh, perception of you and opinion of you and how this is all happening in real time amidst videos of you firing your co-hosts in absent chairs and then talking about them publicly. I would never talk about uh, my former co-host publicly in a disrespectful way. Um, and, and, and we've had experiences at this show that y'all going to be gagging when you read my book because I was the bad guy for so long. And you'll understand that running a business sometimes means you have to take it on the chin even when you're not in the wrong. But Jason, this is one thing I will say, though, that I think people keep losing me on. In this case, I've listened to the other co-hosts and never once have I heard them say we were fighting over more 
they're saying he didn't pay us the initial agreement. And so I think for me, that's where all sympathy for he who built the kingdom goes away. Because if you say 25% and you don't pay the 25% that you agreed to, that's not about not respecting an empire. That's just a breach of contract. It sounded to me that that Joe's head got big and he thought that he could fudge with a pre-existing agreement because he was like, oh, maybe I didn't value my contribution enough. So it was actually him that was trying to tweak things. And they were like, at least pay us what we agreed to. So I, that makes me a little bit nervous because I know here I've never not gotten paid what I said I was going to get paid. You know what I mean? So I think him moving the goalpost might be a bigger issue for them. Like, damn, you don't even respect me enough to keep the pre-existing agreement. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And to piggyback off of that, I do also feel like he's in some type of tunnel vision because they're not, the whole big thing is there's no transparency. How much money was brought in so we just know that we're getting our percentage. Joe's like, I'm grabbing bags from here. I'm grabbing bags from here. I'm bigging this. And it's like, yeah, you are doing that, bro, but also understand what, what's coming from this side. So he's just like, mm -hmm. how dare you audit me? How dare you as my friends thinking I'm doing y'all wrong? And they're like, bro, we don't even know if you're doing wrong or right. We're asking exactly. to just see and, and, and so we can make. See, and that's the thing right there. If damage, okay, but this goes back to like the person's integrity. I don't know Joe's exactly. business acumen. I don't know business, Joe's business acumen or integrity. Same. I was going to quit this show when Giovanni and Melissa were in and out. And it was like double dutch over here. I was going to quit the show. Damage stepped up to the plate didn't ask for a contract he said we'll figure it out let me just jump in and help when people got your back like that you don't turn around and say oh i got this new show gagging i'm tired of this show i'm out and just and honestly my co-hosts some and the audience are literally the only reason why i'm still doing the show because ultimately i have been doing this now for five years and when you do something for five years you do want to do other things and try other things. But I will say like the camaraderie I have with you, Blue, with you damaged, the intelligence that I think we bring the conversations that are difficult now That's and so still great. some of the fun times that we have in talking our shit and the audience that keeps showing up every week, literally the only reason why I'm still here. But I will tell you, you know, at some point you can make so much money that the money's not really a factor because I know how to get money. And I, I will say with this show, with the agreements that we do have in place, I do make sure that we, and I, when I say we go down to the dollar and to the dime, I make sure that when Penny. we are going over every check that's coming in, every deal that's being made, everything that I am contractually obligated to do, that I make sure that I deliver on that. And it's not just because we, I'm contractually bound and you deserve it. It's because of my integrity. I don't ever want to feel taken advantage of. And I will say that there have been times I've been on the other side of this coin where I've gone above and beyond to make sure everybody else is good and been left holding the bag or been left looking crazy. And and so I'm not at all making an excuse for Joe because I've been watching this train wreck play out. I think to all of Joe's partners, you all look crazy because you're benefiting from the fallout of one of the best cultural pillars in the podcast world. And I think you need to rein Joe in and sit him down in a room with one light, with one spotlight on his forehead, <laughs> he's being interrogated. And you need to ask him, what is it that you want to get out of this? Because Rory and Mel, they out here talking. They out here talking. And baby, when I tell you the tea is hot and I am paying attention, it's embarrassing, Joe. You built something that is just literally dismantling in front of all of our eyes. And to watch you go down in flames like this, I know Charlemagne is sitting over there at the breakfast club sipping on his English breakfast tea, baby, because, you know, y'all don't like each other. And that's but, what happens when the girls start losing stuff. This is... <laughs> And I hear you, but this is the crazy part. Is it going down in flames or is this good for the content game? That's the biggest question. Like oh, all this good. happening. It's good, yeah, it's, the, it's good for the content game damage. But look, what I've learned when people attack me online, this shit goes away. The news changes every 15 minutes. So this may last for a week at best. But I mean, you have bombs dropping on little kids in other parts of the world. People are going to forget about this little podcast when you when you measure it up to what's going on in the world right trump is building his yeah. own social media platform what is she talking about we the news is going to change so fast like this after all those guys responded to what was going on with the damn <laughs> podcast something else popped up this this dj who dj one of my parties by the way olivia dope she's actually mm. a dope dj she hopped on social media and blasted joe claiming that she quit working for his network 
the Joe Budden Network, after several instances of sexual harassment, I'm going to say alleged, which she calls traumatizing and embarrassing. We got a video of what she said. Take a look. On January 18th, 2021, Joe Budden sat in on a recording of the female-led podcast I was a part of and continuously made sexual suggestive remarks to me that made me extremely uncomfortable as well as fearful of dampening the mood if I didn't laugh along while he made those sexual remarks to me. Um, those moments were not only, <clears throat> excuse me, those moments not only live on the internet forever, it also forced me in the decision of quitting the podcast. This is the problem that I have with these kind of things. And I'm not saying anything negative towards you, Olivia Dope, but we work in entertainment. This is a different industry. This is not Taco Bell or Chipotle or the post office or the bus Metro line. This is a, this is an environment where we have robust conversations about pussy, about dick, about fucking and sucking. This I, On this show alone, I talked about fucking midgets. I talked about getting my dick sucked and thrown up on. I talked about fucking twins and watching them fuck each other. This We go from how you raise your kids to Azalea digging up a dead cat to people sucking mm. blood off their partner's penises. This is the this is the world we work in. And so I, well, I'm telling you right now, Damage and Blue, if you both ever want to sue me for talking about fucking the cocaine out of a goat's pussy, it is oh my god it is i don't know that you can do that yeah. but yeah. we may talk about that one day if azalea gets hungry and i just don't want to feel like i have to restrict the vivid imagination that god blessed me with now i'm not saying this was her situation with joe because it doesn't sound like she gave us any real meat and when reports like this come out damage and blue the audience that works regular jobs hear it and go oh my yeah. god what did he say that was sexually suggestive when we don't know exactly what he said or didn't say you know i don't know well, well, she put out a long video and she did say specifically what he said, but regardless, you talking about Jason, you talking about who you fucking and what you're doing in your personal life, that's one thing. But to be a boss of someone and say, oh, I want to fuck you or I always did wanted to fuck you. To it's, did he say that? What I'm saying is so she, he said something along those lines. I don't want to misquote. We can go find the actual quote. But it's, the, it's different when your boss, somebody that owns the network is saying that. So it's not more of a a conversation is kind of like that's true do i just go along with this like as somebody who has been sexually harassed at home depot and in the industry when you get sexually harassed at home depot it's it can be traumatizing but for me it was mostly funny and became a like a story i told at dinner parties when it happened in the industry it was a lot more subtle and that was actually terrifying because it was like oh this person has just dropped a really big hint. And if I don't respond in the right way, I might never work in this town again. And so there's these little moments where you're like, I want to have a reaction, but I recognize that this person knows several other people who I'm connected to. So I kind of have to swallow it. And then when you see that person being dragged, then you're like, oh, okay, you're all turning against him. Now I have an opportunity to slip this in. So I completely understand where Olivia is coming from because when it happens in real life, it's a lot more blatant. But when it happens in the industry, the stakes are a lot higher. I get it. I get why yeah. she waited. And, and I don't know about this particular situation, but I've been around when I've seen some of my coworkers in the entertainment game be sexually harassed. And when the person, when the person that is coming from uh, holds some kind of power, everybody does this nervous, cringy laugh. And mm -hmm. nobody really says they're uncomfortable until it's some time later where they're alone and like, hey, damage, that really made me feel uncomfortable. And I don't really know what to do because he keeps making these kind of jokes. And at some point as men, we got to realize that some of these sex jokes ain't that damn funny. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, no one's getting it. So you might think you're really telling the joke, but somebody's over there making that cringy laugh and pulling somebody aside. Like, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. So I just think everybody just has to be aware of what's happening and keep their eyes open. I don't know about the Olivia Dope situation. And from what, I, what it sounds like is he said he wanted to fuck her. And she said, I don't have a rapport with him like that. Or I don't know him like that for him to say that. And she felt uncomfortable. That's the story. Well, well, I don't know. I don't know what shoe's going to drop next on you, Joe. I mean, you've had a lot of relationship issues. You've had people come out and say that you beat them. You had baby mama issues. You've had now your co your colleagues uh, don't like you because you fire them when they're not even at work. 
And and now you have a DJ saying that you made her feel uncomfortable. I don't know what else is to come of this. I don't know if Joe's partnerships will last or sustain this. I mean, this is a lot, you know, and, you know, to oftentimes when you see narcissists like a Joe Budden go through a very public thing like this and, and then seemingly lose it all, you know, and I'm not praying that he loses anything. I, I want him to be as successful as he can be. I don't get to make that determination. I'm only one person, one voice. And I'll tell you, and the more successful you get, they try to take me down every day. I just did a whole post on Instagram where I said, they said I got HIV. They said I have no network. What? You know, they say I'm, oh, they say I'm a pedophile. They say I'm a rapist. They say I'm a colorist. I'm transphobic. They, the internet will say whatever it wants to say. And, and, and it will get life if you breathe life into it. My thing is you, you can't be successful and rise to the top of whatever your industry is and not, not be able to handle or weather the storm. I think the difference between how Joe is handling and how me and other people have handled it is he's he's just very like the narcissism is just so clear and 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 I don't know that he believes that he owns anything in any of all of that, nor I don't think does he care. So I mean I wish him the best of luck. I, I haven't listened to the podcast after you told me to delete his number, so I deleted that too. And I don't hate him. I'm just sitting around waiting to see what happens. Yikes. Yeah, and, and and to piggyback on all of that, man, everybody has to have that uh that accountability to say sorry. If if it was really a joke and you meant it to just be funny and somebody felt some type of way about it, this is for anybody, not just Joe. Have that humility to say sorry. I apologize. I didn't mean it that way. And I feel like that can go a long way as well because if it's supposed to be a joke and you didn't mean it, apologize. That goes against the nature of the beast, though. Narcissists don't ever think they do anything wrong, so he doesn't think there's anything oh. to apologize for. Well, another person one. that another person that may owe an apology is Azalea Banks. Um, I doubt she's going to give it, but she's now saying that Nicki Minaj does cocaine. Um, you know, this is crazy when one person that I don't like fights with another person that don't like me. It's like, where do I find my place in all this? You know, I'm just kind of on the outside <laughs> laughing at all. Well, last week, Nicki Minaj, she went live to announce that her 2009 release mixtape, Beam Me Up, Scotty, was headed to streaming platforms, which, I mean, it made the barbs go crazy, which is kind of crazy because those bastards are already crazy. Well, the barbs went bananas, but after her live, um, the mixtape wasn't the only thing that people were talking about. Fans were ca uh, calling out her constant sniffling during the bro broadcast, with, which left them to uh, think that she was on cocaine. This was a video of that. Drake, type because I'm adding you. You can't run away. You've already shown yourself. And it's it's moving. It's so many people that I can't even pinpoint it. And this this happened. This always happened, child. Yeah, it's a lot. He's not even commenting. Mm -mm. I mean, maybe <laughs> it was cold. Maybe it was cold where she was at. I watched it because the whole internet was waiting for her at like right before the stroke of midnight. And I will say for the first 10 minutes that was happening, I was concerned. I have allergies, but I was concerned. But once I heard her response, um, not her response, but some, at some point she said, if I'm sniffling, it's because somebody sent me some beautiful flowers that had me sobbing. And then I went from being concerned to being touched because her father just died a year, I mean, not a year, a month and a half ago or so. And if somebody sent her a really heartfelt condolence girl, message she, girl, right before girl, she, she... Girl, she was not crying for that. <laughs> she was not crying. It was her, it was her daddy. Come on, Jason. I believed her. A month and a half before this video, her father died. You think she was still crying about that? The flower, well, yeah. You know, I don't I even would... want to hear from, I, if we were on Beagle, yeah. this is what I would say. I don't want to hear from box number one. Damage, go ahead. <laughs> this is how I feel. In the hip-hop community, do we care if you use drugs or do we not? Like, why? if she was on coke, why does it matter? Why does it matter? We hear people rapping about doing pills. We hear people rapping about sipping lean. If she right. was to be, damage. why is it any die. of our business? And then, they, and then they all die. That's why we care. No, we they still... They didn't all die, Jason. They're still rapping about it and they're still doing it. So it's kind of like, if she was... Why are y'all minding her business? Let her do her drugs in peace. Like y'all let other people do their drugs in peace. No, but those other people are, are men though. Women are not allowed no, to do hard no, drugs in hip hop. Go, no, we're not, not, go, we not gonna say there's a double standard. If you're a cokehead, you're a cokehead. Let me say, I don't I don't know that Nicki Minaj was doing coke. I'm, I'm gonna go a step further and say, I don't believe Nicki Minaj was doing coke right before she was going live with millions of people. Do I think she's a little bit more lighter skinned than she was last season? Yes. 
I'm more concerned about the bleaching of the skin or the the lighting the lightning that's blowing her out. She looked like she could have been the third uh, white chick. The other thing I will say, though, is oh that gosh. it looks like her nose has been done. And I think that because she may have had too much surgery done to her nose, I know. I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. Nikki, baby. <laughs> Nikki, baby, from Love & Hip Hop. She's had a lot of work done. You know, she's been on the show where she said it. She's had over $100,000 in surgeries. She's had her nose done. And she has that same thing. Damn, I probably shouldn't say that because now they're going to face that. No, well, yeah. I have a friend. Nikki, baby, has that. I got the name it. I forgot what it's actually called. My friend has it where she has to get the surgery every few years because it's a nonstop deviated septum. It's called a there deviated you go. septum. There you it's go. The number, it's it's the number one it. excuse, though. It's the number one excuse for plastic surgery. Now I will say, if, I will say, if Nicki Minaj is on cocaine, it would make sense why she's so crazy or why why in the past she's been so crazy, erratic. Her attitude. Um, you know, gaslighting the barbs to be terrorists, you know, attacking young female rappers, attacking any like like it would make sense why she's been behaved that way. I would love to see her do a CVS drug test live on air, um, but I would want it administered by Judge Judy because that's the only bitch that's going to have the courage to tell Nicki Minaj you're guilty of, of, of cocaine consumption. Now, I will tell you the other thing that was sad to me was and I'm going to do a full review of the record that she has out on Bigo. But I will tell oh. you that, I will tell you, and I'm gonna be honest too, by the way. Um, I will say this though. Um, she didn't really have confidence. When I looked at her, she didn't really have confidence. Now, Azalea Banks had a lot to say about her. And she also said that... <laughs> what happened? I'm so, I'm so nervous Wait, when he gets like this. I'm scared. <laughs> what did Azalea Banks say that has Jason Lee at a loss for words? That whole sentence is a fail. She also said that CPS should take her kid away from her. Uh-uh. And that's where it went too far. Like, all right. Uh-uh. Look, I didn't, look, I didn't say it. This is what she said. Yes, we need an intervention on Miss Nicki Minaj. That's sniffling. Mm-mm, I'm not buying that you. I'm not buying that crying, emotional, like, mm sis. And I know from experience, okay? I know from experience, sis. No, we have to, we gotta get that together. No, remove the child from the home. That was, that was very inappropriate. Now, I can tell you, I've had a lot to say about Nicki Minaj over the years. I have been very critical of her music. I've been very critical of her behavior. I've been very critical of her choices. I've been very critical of her brother who molests children, you know, underage people. But I, I will say this. I would, I'm not going to go that low. And I would say that it's wrong to throw people's children in the mix. Um, I think Nicki took the necessary time away to be with her child, to be with her husband, um, she hasn't been on the internet, at least that I've seen, and I'm just saying that I haven't seen this creating problems. Well, she did block Young Miami, but they they trying to figure that out. Other other than that, I think everything with Nikki is on the table except for her children, and I think her her deceased family. I think her deceased family and her children should just be left alone. I just I think that's low, and this is coming from a woman who digs up dead animals and plays with chicken bones and. Is and told Nick Cannon that he she hopes he dies from lupus. Like Azalea, you do know when you die, girl. They gonna be they gonna be dancing in Harlem. Just letting you know. Yeah, you you leave people kids out of it, and then this is all based on something you're assuming. Let it go. Like that, some some stuff is going too far. I agree. Did y'all notice that she low key admitted that she does coke? Am I the only one who heard that part? She she didn't low key. She said I'm. She, I know. She said it. Yeah, like, sis, you just dragged. Just, I think we need to worry about you. Worry about your nose candy that has been confirmed. But, but and not talk about this lady's kid. That goes back to what Damage said. Like, we live in Hollywood. We go to the clubs. Everybody, I'm not doing it. I lost this weight. in Exactly. Mm-mm, I, not I'm everybody. A lot of people, celebrities, honey, these celebrities is out here all day yes, long. And, and when I tell you, it's literally, you go to the bar to do two things. Order you a Tito's tonic and lime juice and have a good time. These girls will stay up for three days uh, uh, in a row 
in LA, I'm in bed by 10, 30, 11. So unless I'm on Bigo, but let's keep it 1000. I think to what Damage said earlier, we do live in a city and work in an industry where doing cocaine or doing drugs, unfortunately, is normal. Nicki Minaj just had a baby. She just had a baby. And I think this is the part of all this that it's crazy to me that people are not sitting with that part. She's a new mom. And she seems softer, a little tired, a little confused, sniffling because she's cold and had an emotional reaction. That's what new motherhood does to women. As the person on the panel with hormones, she's a new mom. So I I just see this as new motherhood. For once, I'm actually defending Nicki Minaj. My mother mother was smoking crack during her last pregnancy. Oh my God. I give up, ladies. I tried. But that's the question I want to ask both of y'all. Is there a hierarchy of drug use? Like we hear people yes. rap about yes. doing yeah, pills. Yes. Like, Damage crack is whack. Right. Crack is whack. Okay. We judge crack a lot. <laughs> cocaine, pills, and lean. What's the difference? So it's like, oh, she might be on coke, but you, your, fa- your other favorite rapper raps about mixing two pills together, and that's Ooh. fine. If she Let's was... Go. Why is well, it a big I, deal? Well, I think the reason why it's a big deal it. is because all those other rappers are walking around with their lean cups. Meanwhile, Nicki Minaj, who was recently accused of doing cocaine, she posted a video, and this is what she said. I have never, ever in my life, with my hand to Jesus Christ, and y'all know how I feel about my Lord and Savior, never in my life, ever, not even once, sniffed coke. Since I since I was a kid, I, I get cold, like and and when I used to wear contacts, that would that would trigger my allergies. I'm always just colder than everyone else. Now she she may have a nose problem. Mm-hmm. She may have a nose problem. I I don't I don't know that she's doing cocaine. Her nose did look smaller than it has in the past. And by the way, I don't know if you caught this, but it looked like she was on Snapchat with a Megan the Stallion filter over her face because she looked she kind of looked like Megan the Stallion now. It was a filter, yeah. yeah. She she kept on saying don't touch my face because the filter will fall off. So she <laughs> it was definitely a filter. Oh, okay. Okay. Well it's a good awesome. Anyway well, look, uh, I don't think Nikki does it, but if she either. did it's like why is it such a big deal? Damage to answer saying. your question, though, let's be really honest. Weed and popping a couple of Addies and maybe even a shroom or two is a very different lean than lean and being known as the lean rapper. Rappers who do that, it's actually a caricature that they're known for. Nikki is not that caricature. So it does actually impact her. It does. It's different. And I hear you. And I don't, I'm not talking about shrooms. I'm talking about big, big pills. This, yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I kind of agree with Damage. I think at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it, well, I'll say this. It's a big deal if you're doing drugs and you are out here acting as a commercial brand and wanting young people to consume what you do. We know that young people follow trends. We know that there's been a wave of people when they were huffing, they follow celebrities huffing, mm-hmm. leaning. They're all leaning. You know what I mean? Like, I'm tired of our rappers, you know, falling over everywhere. All right, look, um, there's something else going on over in the Kardashian household. Now, everybody knows that I used to have this really strong affection for the Kardashians. I'm not going to say that I still do. I'm not going to say that I don't. I'm going to just say that it's kind of on idle right now, and I'm waiting to see how a couple of things play out. But Travis Barker, who is now over in the Kardashian world, apparently Travis's daughter, Alabama, sound like some trailer park news. She's had a lot to say. She just sounded off uh, and revealed that secret about Travis and Kim Kardashian. So now currently Travis and Courtney, I guess they're dating. And and if you don't believe me, this is the PDA that they're showing online. So Travis's daughter wasn't here for it and blasted her mother, Shanna Mokler, on Mother's Day for not wanting to see her and shared an alleged text from Shanna to an unknown person that somebody DM'd her. And now the DM in the text shows that... Uh, that um, she calls Travis emotionally abusive and said that he controls Alabama's over-sexualized social media pages and claimed that she divorced Travis because she caught him having an affair with Kim. Now he's in love with her sister. So I don't know. The Kardashians are known oh for having a history of swapping them in and out like a like a Chicago Bulls-Lakers game. What y'all think? Do y'all think it's ridiculous because that's what Shanna's saying? Woo, this is a lot. This is a lot. I hope they're getting tested. I hope everybody's getting tested because that's a whole lot of sharing happening well, on that compound. <laughs> My thing is, if you divorce your husband because of what he did, 
and you divorced him and you moved on, what is the point of having this conversation via text that gets back to your daughter for her to even blast you? Why haven't you moved on, right? If he was so trash and he me he messed with Kim back in the day, move on, move on with your life. It feels like, I, I hate to say it, it seems like people just try to use these people's names as this clickbait to get themselves to do something. It's like, move on. If that's the truth, why are you spreading this around? Why is it on social media? It's in the past. But damage, well, she's, 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 but damage, she said that she's being... Ever, damage, haven't you ever, or Blue, haven't you guys ever been with somebody that's been so bad to you that you've been waiting for them to fail or lose or get hurt, and then the moment it happens, maybe it's 20 years later. Who cares? I didn't keep track. You kept track. 20 years later, here it is. Bam. Don't you want to just stick it to them? Me, no. Once I leave you, you're dead to me. Like, I'm very out of sight, out of mind. I don't miss anybody. No, I don't even think about them. I will say this, though. Uh, Shayna Mokler is being, like, bullied, her words, by Courtney and Travis's fans. And so I think she's trying to fight fire with fire. So all of their oh. fans are actually bullying her and her boyfriend. And they're complaining that they're asking them to stop. And when asking nicely it doesn't work, they throw a couple of dirty punches. So this is one of those things where someone's fandom is actually causing the ruckus, the same way the Barb sometimes do stuff for Nikki. And she's oh. just fighting Courtney's Kardashian's fans. I get that. I get that. And then you get even more frustrated when the celebrity whose fans is attacking you don't step up and say something. But how do you mm -hmm. police the internet, right? Like, there are things about me every day. I can't, I can't respond to it all. There are some times that I want to respond. And maybe Shanna doesn't respond to everything. But maybe, she, you know, she needed to respond to that one thing. It sounds like her daughter put the tea out, not her, right? And so right. her daughter put it out. So then, so then why is everybody mad at Shanna? And so I could tell you right now what's going to happen. Y'all keep, uh, keep attacking Shanna. She going to pull out the real receipts and then it's going to really be a problem because, you know, she's dating somebody who not only almost died in a plane crash, but it was a rock star who was probably out here fucking around. And, you know, sometimes when you're on that, when you're on that stuff or you partying, and I'm not saying he was on that stuff, but just in the environment when people are just on that alcohol or weed or a little something, something. People get to playing with the lights off and you just never know what happens. So you don't know what secrets Shanna has. And this is where a scorned baby mama, leave it alone, Travis, walk away. You and Courtney, you're with the most boring Kardashian of them all. Just walk into the sunset and 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 just be a stepdaddy and, and a good man. Become the Travis Kardashian that you hope to. And leave it alone. <laughs> I hope, I, hope, I hope Kim and Courtney have a conversation, though, because I think we skipped the part where two sisters might have shared a penis. That's the part that bothers me. I don't care about don't the other stuff. And, but Blue, they probably don't. The first time that a Kardashian sister has shared a penis. That is disgusting. <laughs> that is gross. That is nasty. I'm definitely not a Kardashian. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not a fan of iCarly. I've never seen this show ever, but now I think I'm going to start watching it because this new actress, Lacey Mosley, has came over to the set and heated it the fuck up. I know she got these white people clutching their pearls. I don't know if this is on Disney or where, but I think it's on a white channel with a bunch of young white kids and soccer moms watch. But look, there's there's this revelation of a new iCarly reboot that has white people and, and um, bonbon eaters all over the country happy. Apparently, it's premiering on Paramount+. Plus. So the updated cast made their debut, and there's one actress that's been a target of racism. Now, I don't know that iCarly had black friends in the past. It doesn't seem like she ever did. She probably went to those schools where, you know, the moms fuck around with PP loans and um, and 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 those those what they, what the girl was doing, uh, act, Lacey, the Laughlin girl. Uh, college admissions. The college admissions. College admissions. Yeah. So Lacey, she's a black girl, and she plays a woman named Harper. Now they didn't gave this black girl a name named Harper, a white woman's name, because you know her name. She, she should have been named Shaquetta. Now if they had to let Harper pull up as Shaquetta, then it would have matched this video she just put out. I'm gonna show you what Shaquetta said. Well, Harper, look what this girl said. Hi, I'm playing Harper on iCarly. I'm not replacing Sam. Jeanette McCurdy is a very wonderful person. I've never met her, but it's no shade. Get the fuck out of my comments with this fucking racist ass bullshit. You will be blocked. And you will never see me again, honey. I Carly and Ka our, our, our Carly cast it Azalea Banks and don't even know it. She hey, she's not, here. She is <laughs> she's not, not here Well, look. In addition to Mosley's video, Paramount Plus released a statement on having zero tolerance. This is the photo of what they said. 
And they're saying they're proud to be racially diverse, not only in our crew, but our cast. We've recently seen reports of racism towards a member of our Kylie cast, and it's not acceptable. Now, look, I don't know what they think about the video she put out, but when I tell you Lacey came for the jugular, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, what do you guys think? She said, hello, fuck y'all. Like, in the next breath. I like it. I think generation, what are we on? Z now? I've lost track. The, the youngest generation that's out, they are snatching wigs. They're flipping tables. They're calling granny a racist at Thanksgiving. Um, these kids are not playing with us. They make us look genteel. So I'm here for it. I love to watch the mess from an older distance. Yeah, you old weirdos on the internet putting racist comments on somebody's... You're not doing anything. She's going to take the job. She's going to make the money. And you're going to still watch the show. Shut the fuck up. That's it. And and That's what I, she's I find, what I find um, comical is just how uncomfortable we make people by being black. Just by being black. Just by being right. Black, we make you uncomfortable. This girl got a job. She, first, you say we ain't doing nothing but hanging out at Planned Parenthood with our hands out uh, trying to get an EBT card or EDD loan so we can go over to Prada. Then when we get a job and we earn a job so we can diversify the world that you live in on television, knowing that ain't the real world that we walk in every day, then you get uncomfortable and you start racist attacks. But let me tell you something, bitch, because I just saw Justin Bieber at MOA the other night, and that girl walking around with twigs in his head looking like... um. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, a mix between Zoe Kravitz and <laughs> and her daddy, Lenny. At the end of the day, we drive the culture. We are the hot sauce. We are what you want. We are not just the hot sauce. We the chicken wing. I don't want, I probably shouldn't say chicken wing. Huh? Well, we don't are- say watermelon. Well, we're the whole, we are the seed in the watermelon, okay? And at the end of That's the right. day- That's right, Jason. You're so caught up on trying to emulate us and be us and take from us and steal from us that you really believe that Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian made the box braid. I think the problem is, is that you, you don't like to see us show up, but what you realize is that when you try to take from us, we showing up anyway. It's just you stealing from us. So I'm here for it. I want to interview this girl. I want to keep telling her story, and I hope that she stays on their fucking necks. All right, well, look, um, again, make sure you're following us over on Beagle. Me, Damage, and Blue are there. I don't know where they're going to be. I'm there. And I had lunch yesterday with Tamar Braxton, and she's now in my family. And I also just brought Natalie Nunn, the bad girl, over there. And Tanisha's coming. And we about oh. to create all types of havoc. So find us over on Beagle. And make sure you subscribe to the show because we keep coming back, even if you don't want to see us. Bye. Love y'all. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.